Right, so I have Joshua with me. Hey, what's up, James? Hey, how are you doing, Joshua? You all right? Good, good. Um, just make sure I pronounce your your surname right, Joshua. All right, uh, Tongle. Joshua Tongle. I have Joshua yeah. Tongle with me, and uh, we're just going to have a brief chat uh, about a couple of things I believe that people will be very interested in. And Joshua, you're in the Philippines, is that right? Yeah, just arrived back a couple months ago. But I used to live here... Back in 2009 for about four years and then um, moved to the States for a couple of years and now I'm back. Right. Okay. How, how long were you in the States? Sorry, from? For about three years. What? Yeah. So okay. we were just like, we're just there just wanting to, you know, because I got married recently or actually not too recent, but like five years ago. And then I just told my wife, like, why don't we go to America and, you know, get to know my family and see where I grew up. And then when we were there. Yeah. I thought we were going to stay there for a while, but I'm like, you know, I, I think I missed the Philippines. And both of us started to miss the Philippines, so we're like, what the heck, why don't we just come back? <laughs> right, okay. Well, I mean, how are you finding it back in the Philippines and after, after so long away? Oh, it's good. I mean, a lot's changed. Like, crazy amount of things change. Just coming back, um, just like new places to go to, and so many things are being built, and even like the, the transportation's changed here. Wow. And just three years, so it's been it's actually a, a been a lot better. So um, and then you know, but just coming back and seeing old friends, that's been I think one of the main things that we've been looking forward to, just coming back and uh, being with our old you know our group of friends that we're really close to that supported us throughout the years. And um, so it's been it's been really good. So no regrets. It's just a matter of I miss my family. Yeah. <laughs> my my immediate family's back in the states, like pretty much all of them. And then. My relatives that are here, uh, they're kind of far away. You know, they live in the provinces, so I don't really see them too often. But, right. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be back. But sometimes that going away or getting out of where you're normally used to living, you go out of that surrounding and you can have a different outlook and you see things differently. Did you find that? Oh, for yeah. sure, dude. I, I think that's where, I guess, the first time that I moved out here back in 2009, that's where a lot of things like, because I've always been the type to have these different shifts, you know, in my yeah. in my beliefs and my evolution of just like how I understand life, you know. So I've always been the type to like challenge the mainstream stuff if it just doesn't make sense to me. But when I came out here and kind of like stepping out of, you know, my the, the scene for a while because I was really part of the like the charismatic tradition, you know, of like Asians and, yeah. <laughs> you know, especially the, 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 I was really chilling with a lot of the Korean charismatic yeah. people and, and just kind of stepping back and not being a pastor for a while, you know, where, because I used to pastor back in the day. And just like when you do step back, you do see things kind of differently. And you, you kind of start to see things from a different perspective of how like, quote unquote, like outsiders who are not in that scene could kind of look at you. You know, so yeah. when I first came out here, I was just like, like in 2009, I didn't have too many friends because I just, I was pretty much brand new here. And I was just like chilling at bars all the time, like pretty much every week because my friends were like DJs. And, and so I was just like, you know, meeting all these people who are not really churchgoers and just having good conversations with them and just seeing things like from a different perspective. But of course, I still had my my Christian background and my apologetics background. So I'm always <laughs> like trying to defend it. Yeah, you know, yeah. defend my faith wherever I go, and and it actually uh, persuaded some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because I don't know if that was a good or bad thing, but um, that's just how my personality was because I was a missionary right. back in the day. But just kind of like you said, when you when you step back, you get you get a different perspective. So it's been an interesting journey for me, very so, unexpected. So I'm sure you'd say that you've gone quite through 
a radical transformation if you look back where you were, I don't know, five, ten years ago to where you are now. So how have people responded to that from in the Philippines? Let's start from in the Philippines. Oh, in the Philippines, um, of course, it's like a mixed group. So uh, like it's kind of funny where the, the second day that we arrived here, this was back in just a few months ago, January. So I was like, I couldn't really sleep, you know, because... Yeah, I just I woke up like super early, maybe like five or something like that. And then so I just started to work on some stuff in the morning. And, you know, I didn't really like have contact with anybody yet, but I was just doing stuff online. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I found an, an article uh, that was written about me that was posted. And it's, an, it's one of the, these leaders from this uh, popular Philipp, you know, church here in the Philippines. Uh, they started like blasting me. You know, and then like <laughs> there, there, there was this thread of uh, different I guess they were ministers or whatever and you know apologetic guys I guess and um, trying to preserve the truth or whatever so they're just like yeah. saying things like we feel sorry for, for Josh Tongle and blah 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 he's this he's that he's new age and when I read it you know this is the second day that we just got here <laughs> I, started to, I started to laugh and then I, I actually got kind of happy in a way because I'm like you know I told my wife when I went back upstairs I'm like you know Remy you know, we're back and people are noticing. So it's mm. good. So it's like, even if, you know, people don't like what I do, um, you know, personally, I don't really care because, you know, I'm just doing yeah. what I'm doing. I'm yeah. just following my heart. And uh, so, you know, that it's like that. But of course, that's not everybody. There are some people here who've been waiting for us to come back and they've mm. been following us for years since we've been, you know, we kind of started something here back in the day, back in 2009. And so mm. there have been people here who, Obviously, you know, they're, they're like us. They've left the institutional church. And it was kind of uh, a challenge for some of them after we went to America, you know. And that, that, that's kind of the thing where um made us kind of want to come back and, and, you know, be with these people who are on a similar journey. And, you know, it's not as like a, a, a popular thing to like leave the institutional church because it's so big here. Mm. You know, like, like mega churches are everywhere here. You know, and uh, like right. when you go to the States, uh, like, you know, you could just think of like several of them that are like mega churches. Like you think of like Rick Warren or Joe Olstein. When right. you go to the Philippines, man, you just go to the mall down the street, thousands yeah. and thousands of people inside of the, inside really? of the church. Okay. It's huge. Yeah. But like in the States, you know, you go to a Filipino church, it's like 100 or 200 people. You know, it's yeah. not that big. Yeah. But out here, dude, it's like, it's just a thing to do, you know, and it's a very Catholic nation and if you're not catholic then you're they call it born again they make these distinctions here between catholic and protestant they say you're either catholic or born again you know so that that's how it is here and a lot of the we call artistas the artists the actors they're they're christians you know and so um you know that that's been some of the things that we've had to uh encounter here of people who are just really into you know their faith which is fine you know i respect that you know wherever they're at and then there are those people who are just They've been disillusioned by it, and they're well, just bored by it. So. Well, do, you, do you find there are a lot of people like that? Because I find that quite often now. There's a lot of people that are quite disillusioned. And it doesn't, with many of them, it doesn't actually take too much to get them to shift and take a few steps forward. Um, yeah. But they've, they've, never, yeah. they've never known which way to go. They've never had anyone to tell them, to direct them, or to help them, and to answer their questions. So they kind of like conform yeah. to their system. But once they hear something it kind of speaks to them do you find that oh for sure i mean that's how people contact us <laughs> right 
You know, so like a lot of, you know, like back in the day when I started my quote unquote church back in 2009, uh, we were the ones that, you know, our group was the people that, you know, they left the institution and they found like, you know, they knew that there was something wrong. And but, you know, so what they did was a lot of them, they didn't go to church for a while. And then they started fighting my stuff on YouTube. Hmm. And they were like, hey, there's someone that's sharing something a little bit different and uh, doing things a little bit differently, even with. Uh, church, you know, because even it's funny because even mm. doing uh, like a like a church thing in a coffee shop, that's like a big deal for a lot of churches here. Right. You know, you know, there's like different forms of organic church and things like that. That's stuff that I used to do back in the day. I don't really do that now. But even those things back then were like considered very radical, mm. like here in, in Manila, you know, because it, some of them still have that very traditional idea church should be in this type of building this is the house of the lord you know etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> yeah. and so when i was taking people to like just chilling outside and just talking to them you know like at a park or at a coffee shop that was like a big deal it's kind of funny but it was a big deal for some some churches and they were saying oh that's not a real church and blah blah blah, blah. and uh so we you know we were going through that phase for a while and then eventually um yeah we would just like all the time uh, we just have people contacting us Telling right. us where they're at, and you know they're not even bitter people. You know, um, some of them could be, you know, because yeah. like the church probably hurt them. But you know, for the most part, a lot of them that are disillusioned, they just left because it just didn't make sense to them, or uh, they didn't find community that they wanted that was authentic enough for them. But it wasn't like you know we hate God, we hate church, or whatever. But it is like a pretty mixed group. Yeah. So I've met all different kinds of people who, who have you know even left religion. You know, and uh, or on just a similar path that I am that I'm on, and just questioning a lot of things. I mean, so what, why? I mean, you you mentioned you've answered this question a, a little bit already, but why do you think people are like looking for something more than traditional Christianity, or why did you branch yeah. out? Well, I could talk about people first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, just to be straight up, right, uh, there's a lot of bullshit out there, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so it's, people are tired of, like, all the shaming and the and the hatred and judgmentalism that's out there in, in the religious world. Now, of course, not all Christians are, are seen this way, you mm. know, but there are a lot of individuals out there who have a lot of airtime on TV, you know, have huge platforms and and they're doing a lot of damage to people's lives, whether it's taking yeah. advantage of people's money, yeah. which has been very common here that I've seen that using fear tactics, which is very common here that I've yeah. seen that in Philippines and in America, right? And, and so some people are waking up and realizing like, hey, you know, there's something not right if I'm always living in fear of, of yeah. God or even the afterlife, right? Because there's always the threats of hell and, yeah. and people are starting to realize like how uh, irrelevant and out of touch <laughs> many yeah. churches are with the culture and even with like daily life right because like you know a lot of times they have all these technical doctrines you know like i just saw an article about me just two days ago someone wrote a blog about me here in the philippines and then there's oh josh is this josh is that he, he's like oprah winfrey and rob bell and blah 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 blah, blah. and they get it <laughs> they're, they're, they're mentioning all these doctrines that personally i don't even care about anymore Yes. You know, it's like it's so technical and like who really cares about these things in your daily life, right? And, <laughs> yes. and so people often wonder, does it even matter anymore? You know, and so for a lot of people, a lot of, you know, some of these quote unquote Christian ideas, yeah. you know, these people are arguing for saying this is the Christian 
worldview when in reality there's many versions of the Christian worldview. Exactly. You know, it just doesn't make sense to them. And so, you know, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater because mm-hmm. I know, you know, no religion or institution is perfect, but there are certain expressions of Christianity that are more progressive, that are more about promoting nonviolence and love and grace. And but but you know, the ones that I things that I mentioned before, those are some of the reasons why why people are leaving. Um, now for myself I don't know if you want me to share a little bit of my journey. Yeah, go uh, How much time do we have, by the way? As much as we Until want. you fall asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until it's five in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Carry um, on. Let's go. I mean, yeah, I mean, so just so if people want an idea of where I'm coming from, yeah. I, I was born into, like, this whole fundamentalist Christianity, right? I was raised in the Pentecostal tradition, you know, until my late teens, which was like, it's called a word of faith tradition, you know, which is a lot of that stuff you would find on the, on the TBN network, you know, Trinity Broadcasting Network. And so I was, I grew up in that. And then by the age of 17, um, I became more conservative uh, theologically when it came to like what we would call the the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit and et cetera. And I ended up leaving the Pentecostal church and then you know, from then on, I had this obsession with what's called apologetics, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I was all about, like, defending the faith, and I wanted to travel the world and, and you know, argue against all the false religions and worldviews, etc. And then in my early 20s, you know, I, I had, um, I don't know if you want to call it a privilege, but I, I started to study under some of the well-known, like, philosophers and apologists that I would read in my apologetic books, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted to learn from the quote-unquote best of the best, you know, so I went to this a well-known evangelical school in California uh, that was like the hub for apologetics. And so during those years, I served as an apologetics teacher at a Presbyterian church. And then not too long after, I became a pastor at a Southern Baptist church. And then not too long after, I became the evangelist at an Assemblies of God church, uh, one of the biggest Filipino churches in America. And then in my mid to late 20s, I was uh, heavily involved in the charismatic movement like i was mentioning in the beginning with a lot of the the korean scene you know because they were the ones doing a lot of the crazy healing stuff more than the filipino churches that i was seeing and so i was really involved in that in that scene because especially when you go to my bible school it's either you're you're you know a lot of them are korean you know so those were my circle of friends and they were very hardcore passionate you know crying out to god and (laughs) revival 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 so i was doing that for years you know and then uh and after graduating from seminary, uh, I became a missionary to the Philippines, which is predominantly Roman Catholic. And then, so I was like, you know, you, you could see that I've been around in that sense of different denominations. So I, I kind of have an idea of, yeah. of like the different views, you know. And, um, and then I met my wife, you know, my first year in the Philippines, who had just happened to have grown up in an Islamic country. She grew up in the Middle East, if you didn't know that. I didn't know that. And yeah, and so she was from Kuwait her whole life and you know so she would tell me a little bit about her country which was um like muslim but at the same time you know there is a hub for christians there too and but we ended up doing ministry together here in the philippines for several years yeah but the thing is you know i've always been the type to ask questions at least when i became an adult when i was a kid not so much i kind of just believed everything (laughs) but when i became an adult and started doing apologetics i did question everything but during those years in the Philippines, I, I finally found the courage to like really, like really ask questions. And I'm talking about sincerely questioning some of my fundamental beliefs as an evangelical Christian. You know, because like coming, you know, come to think of it, like I, 
I studied, you know, apologetics, right? So of course I would study uh, different religions and quote unquote cults, and um, but I I would just study them just simply to critique them because I already had my bias, you know, that right. Christianity is true. So yeah. so even if um, I studied a lot of the criticisms of Christianity back in the day, I would read Dawkins and all those guys, you know. Yeah. Um, they actually made sense. Well, I don't know <laughs> yeah. about Dawkins. Some of the yeah. Dawkins stuff doesn't make sense to me as a philosopher, but sure. I would read other guys, and I w- it would actually make sense to me. You know, but so I was, what was, what were some of the doubts that you had? Well, back then, like I found the problem of suffering and evil very, yeah, that, that was a big issue for me. And so when I would read some of the atheist books against Christianity, it made more sense to me than the, the Christian defense of it, you know, like the free will defense and all those things. Cause like studying apologetics, that's, that was a big issue, right? The problem mm-hmm. of evil always comes up. So I would give sure. the cliche answers of, you know, God allows it for certain reasons to develop character, and there's a free will defense, et cetera, et cetera, sure. uh, or the problem of sin, you know. Um, and just over time, I just started not to buy it because there's just too much stuff that happens in this world that uh, the the answers that Christianity, at least the, the version of Christianity that I was, you know, being, that I was learning, it just seemed too shallow. Right. It seemed too simplistic uh, for for the unnecessary suffering that I see in the world, hmm. you know. But I still wouldn't voice my doubts because uh, I was teaching apologetics. <laughs> I do that at that time. Um, so there was a lot of things that started to like, you know, my, my core beliefs as an evangelical Christians were, were shaken right. in some ways. But I was, to be honest, I was uncomfortable uh, to let go of some of my beliefs, especially. Like when it came to the Bible, like I was just talking to someone the other day hmm. about how, because um, I was sharing to him my journey, and one of the biggest things that I couldn't let go of was the Bible, like inerrancy, um, because right. my whole life I yeah. believed in inerrancy, and then you know teaching apologetics, you're teaching how to defend the scripture, and then when you say Josh, why do you believe such and such? Oh, because the Bible says. The Bible says. So obviously my my. My views about life, about everything, what origin, meaning, morality, afterlife, etc., it would come from my understanding of the Bible. Right. You know, so if if, if I were to head down that, you know, the, the rabbit hole and that trail of like doubting the Bible, that would be very difficult for me. And so mm-hmm. I remember back in the Philippines, I still have a very vivid memory of me in the Philippines like listening to a podcast about some stuff and listening to some of my favorite evangelical authors mm. who would not get into in they would not reject inerrancy so I felt comforted by that like all right well these guys are holding on to it so yeah. I might as well you know they're not letting go of it so so I would still hold on to it but then eventually you know it started to crumble and and I started to become open like hey what if you know, yeah. inerrancy is not true. There's going to be this domino effect of that affecting all these other beliefs that I have. And and to be honest, it was one of the most liberating things that that happened to me. You know, and um, but but did you still have a fear of where you'd end up if you continued down this road of doubting or questioning? For sure. I mean, in, in some ways, because I'm I'm always a type to like eventually follow my heart. So there would be mm-hmm. times where I would have these doubts in me and I would just kind of keep them there. Mm-hmm. You know, not not that I would um, ignore it completely, but I just wouldn't voice it publicly, you know. Right. So, like, even these days, like, if, if on my YouTube videos, there's a bunch of stuff that I don't share, you know. Right. So there was, like, like when my, my I wrote my first book 
And then like after my second book came out, I was telling a lot of people, oh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that I don't share on YouTube because I just don't want to. You know, but but if right. you think my first book is already extreme, wait until you read my mind. <laughs> you know, honestly, and so there's only been a few people in my life that I would actually tell people, all right, this is where I'm at, just to be straight up. You know, and, and the reason why I don't like to just publicly announce, hey guys, I believe this now, because I just find it unnecessary. Because I'm always changing my beliefs. Sure. You sure. know, and um, and just some people wouldn't understand. They would already. All right, he rejects this, so they label me such and such. You know, well, or... I mean, I mean, for me, I one one of the things I found really liberating was I have no fear or worry about being wrong. Oh or, yeah, or, mis- or mistaken. I don't. It doesn't sure, worry sure. me anymore. I don't have to be right. I don't mind learning. I don't mind somebody explaining something in a better way than I understand it. I think, oh well, that's that's a better way of seeing it. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So that's quite liberating when you become like that, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's where, you know, I could honestly say that's that's how I am, like personally, like it, like I said, though, for me, it does get a little bit uncomfortable for me, like so I don't mind being wrong, but at the same time, um, oh man, I was wrong for a long time, <laughs> you know, and or, or I I shared some things to people that might have done more damage to them than yeah. good. But just like you, like I'm not afraid to be wrong. Like I'm reading a bunch of books on like quantum physics and, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, uh, like consciousness and things like that. And uh, even the Bible or I even just bought another book on uh, atheism the other day, you know. And mm-hmm. and so like I, I try to like broaden my perspective of things. And I'm not saying atheists have it all together either because, you sure. know, some of them are just as dogmatic and annoying <laughs> yeah, as Christians do. To be yeah. honest, yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I try to read everything. You know, I'd read stuff on like progressive Christianity. I, I read all those guys. You know, like you know, Airmans, Borg, and you know, Crossin and Spa, all those guys. You know, and then I would read. Yeah. Of course, I grew up with the fundamentalist stuff. Then I would read the mystical stuff, the Gnostic stuff. You know, and so I'm not like saying, "Oh, this is what I am now." I'm like this. I'm progressive Christian. Or would no? I just I, I just prefer no labels on me right now. But I, I could see good points and in, in so many different perspectives mm-hmm. that I've been reading. Um, and, and, you know, I had, I had someone the other day saying, Josh, are you creating your own religion? I'm like, well, everyone's creating their own <laughs> version of life. Exactly. I even told this guy, I'm like, you're a Christian. You're creating your own version of Christianity because you're rejecting this version of Christianity. You know, so it's like we're all picking and choosing yeah. in some way. Um, and it's and you should, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, just like you, I... I I'm not afraid to be wrong um, because I, I want to know the truth, and it's something that I can't I can't shake it off. You know, even if I don't talk about it publicly, I think about these things often. You know, because I was raised in this stuff, and and I and I teach, so it is something that's always on my heart, and um, and I and I like helping people who are on a similar journey. Right. So, what else have you found? in this in this journey where you are now that you find really liberating i mean it's really good to be able to interact with people now without judging and misjudging them because before i was very judgmental now i just feel so good that i can treat people as human beings (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah. yes exactly i mean that that's pretty much how i feel where um you know like i was saying some people don't like my shifts that i'm going through but obviously there are those who are from a different religion or they claim no religion and uh, they like my where I'm at because I don't judge them and I don't have an agenda. Mm. Like back in the day, I, I would have an agenda. You know? <laughs> yeah. so, so even with some friends, we were with some friends last night, you know, 
um, I met them for the first time. It's my wife's friends from Kuwait. They had a little reunion here in the Philippines, and I was like, "Oh, Remy, are they? Did they grow up Christian?" And she's like, "Oh, no, I don't think so." And I was like, "All right, cool." You know, but back in the day, my agenda would be, "Let's try to start up a conversation. <laughs> let me yeah. let me show you why you should believe or why you should care about where you're gonna go when you die." You know, yeah. but none of it. You know, we didn't do any of that stuff. You know, they were just drinking and smoking, and you know, that's a whole other issue. But uh, you know, I, I my heart wasn't there to judge them. My heart was just there to be sure. just be a regular human being who could have good company. And um, if they want to talk about those issues, you know, uh, those big topic issues, they can. But I I could, but I wouldn't even be doing it to try to persuade them to convert to anything. It would just be more about like for right now. Um, I just want to get to know people and yeah. and hear their hearts and. And like these are people from who are from Kuwait who mm. grew up in a totally different culture from me in America, exactly, and then yeah. people in the Philippines who they're used to hearing people pray to Allah several times a day. That I have, I don't experience that at all. Yeah, growing up, you know, and so just getting a better understanding instead of just reading, like back in the day, I would read Christian authors, you know, who write books against different religions, you know, <laughs> instead of like reading the actual primary sources and stuff. So so just like getting a better understanding of people and, and just seeing the beauty in every individual without judging, saying, yeah, they're nice, but they don't have Christ. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I don't think like that at all anymore. And just it's been very liberating for me to just see the beauty uh, yeah. in this world of the differences and not not necessarily saying that I agree with everything because sure. I still call out some stuff like, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me, even sure, if it's sure. not a Christian idea. Sure. Um, but just seeing, like, the journeys that people are on, you know, because where they're born makes a huge difference. And uh, just the liberation for me of not living in fear so much, uh, the, the fear, not necessarily of, of, you know, am I going to hell or whatever, but Back in the day, even as a missionary, the fear of not doing enough, right? you know, like I, that's oh, totally yes. fallen off for me. Like, I don't think like that at all. And so there's this pressure that that I just don't have anymore. Um, not that I don't care about people, because obviously sure. I still do. Yeah. Um, in fact, I probably care about them even more in a genuine way that's not fear-based. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but I just yeah. care more about the person. And um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting thing because... You know, like I even had these talks with my, like even with my mom before I left for the Philippines. We were going to the airport. I said, Mom, you know, uh, are you disappointed in me? Because we don't talk about this stuff too much with my mom. You know, she, I, she read my book. She's a Christian. She's Christian. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she read my book and I didn't want to talk about it with her, you know, honestly. And um, uh, because she comes from a very different perspective you know very traditional charismatic you know tbn she watches tbn all the time and i love my mom like crazy and so there it works for them you know what i'm saying so it's like i'm not here to try to like convince my mom but when we were going to the airport i just wanted to find out a little bit so i said mama how do you you know are you disappointed in me she says Mm. no she's like um I'm just wondering, are you ever going to go back to church? I said, oh, no, probably not anytime soon, Ma. Yeah. You know, and I said, Ma, but you notice me, I'm still I'm still the same, you know, in the sense like, I, you know, I'm still your son that jokes around a lot and, you know, and, and I just have a lot of different views now. But you notice, Ma, like, I still, I actually, I feel like I love more, you know, yeah. I feel like I'm more free. And so my mom has seen the things that I've gone through with, like, churches saying stuff about me. She's seen that. 
you know, right. she would even read stuff. And of course, that makes her sad as a mom. But she sure. would always see me as like her. Oh, yeah, she, he's still my boy. He still loves people. He just yeah. probably has some different weird views, you know, <laughs> yeah. from her perspective. But yeah, but like just having the love and the support of my family in that sense, like we, we were all on different places on our journey. But I've had this unconditional love for my family still that I, I, I cherish to this day. And um it's, uh, it's been it's been very interesting. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned the book there. Uh, is that is that the one? Um, so that you thought you, you so you thought you knew. Is that the one? Yeah. Okay. So the, yeah, tell us about the, tell us about that book. Yeah. So that that's that's my first book that I wrote, and it's called Yeah. So you thought you knew letting go of religion. Is that the one and, she read? Yeah, that's that's the one that she read. She read both of my books, but that was the one that probably might make her raise her eyebrows, like, huh? you know. <laughs> Um, but then again, we didn't talk about it, but I'm, but I have an idea because she, she talked to my sister about it, <laughs> um, but, but she still loves me, <laughs> but my first book, yeah, it's, it's more about my journey out of uh, Christian fundamentalism. So I basically took like the biggies of like my Christian tradition. So every chapter is like a very important topic about my chapter about God. I have a chapter about you know, so it's it's a chapter against theism, I guess, if you want to get a little bit technical, right? right? Yeah. About is there such thing as a theistic God who's out there who intervenes once in a while? And then I talk, I have another chapter on the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, which is about the issue of inerrancy. You know, mm -hmm. and is everything that the Bible affirmed true? And so I get into that, and I share my perspective, and then I talk about this understanding of grace that I I preached for several years and our, our our preachers who talk about grace at the pulpit really preaching grace or are they still using legalism and fear and then I talk about the gospel and then I talk about uh, the idea of the cross what does that mean and I was challenging some well-known you know conventional views about like uh, the cross about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins is that true is that mm -hmm. um, and then we talk about the idea of hell you know, which mm -hmm. is a biggie for a lot of people sure. who don't want to acknowledge it. Even Christians are still afraid of hell because they, you know, even though they say they're saved, right, they still think about like, well, if I die, I would still wonder, you know. And so uh, we get into that. I get into that issue. And then I talk about the idea of Satan, which has messed up a lot of people. I get messages from a lot of people about that, about um, is Satan really a, a personification of evil? Is he a, really a creature or is it something in our mind that we sure. create? Or, yeah. Or um, then I have another chapter on interfaith of how to uh, see other people of different faiths because I've had a lot of experiences, uh, quote quote unquote, evangelizing. You know, that yeah. was the thing that I used to do. Like every single week, James, I would even when I was in seminary, I would commit to every single week to driving really far to different universities and sharing my faith, and I wanted to be very like committed, like one of the best of the best, you know, or like right. even my friends, they would like stand on top of the tables, you know, the annoying type of evangelism, <laughs> they would stand on top of the tables. And these yeah. are like, sec, quote unquote, secular universities, we go like UC Irvine, you know, yeah. Fullerton. I mean, these are places near my house that are really well known schools and my friends would be like screaming on the table, blah, 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 you better. Blah. That's not <laughs> oh my, my style. Yeah, right. That's not my style. Of course, like people in our generation, they don't really get turned on to that kind of style either. But I was with that kind of crowd, though. And I was a type that would still go out sharing my faith, even during the week of like finals. You know, I wanted to be that committed. So I but, sure. you know, I would be sharing my faith to different like Muslims and atheists and stuff. So I have a whole chapter on like 
those stories, you know. So I, I had a lot of experiences of engaging with different worldviews. And, and then I have uh, one of my last chapters is on church. And, mm-hmm. you know, just being, as I shared earlier, the different types of denominations. I've been in big churches, small mm-hmm. churches. Um, I've even spoken at, like, we would call churches in the squatter areas here in the Philippines, you know, that are not, you know, right. they don't have a lot of money. So I've, I've been to a lot of different kinds of churches. And so I've just shared some of my experiences in the book about, uh, like, just the whole tradition of church, you know, and how, like, you'll notice it's very predictable. Like, so being here in the Philippines, you could even go to, like, the squatter area or, you know, the not-so-rich churches here, and they're still yeah. trying to mimic Mimic the, the, the mega church styles where you got to have cool PowerPoints, uh, yeah. sound system. You yeah. got to do Hillsong because Hillsong is like the, the cool thing. And, yeah. you know, so like no matter where you go, there's something like there, there's a common way to do church. And so my question is, where did that come from? Yeah. You know, and so I get into stuff like that and then just giving my own experience of how uh, it just started not to work for me anymore, and I started to get kind of bored because I grew up in this stuff my whole life, so I'm seeing the same old, same old thing. And so I, I critique uh, many of the conventional views um, for every chapter, every topic, and then I offer my of how I see things. Well, I mean, the topics that you mentioned there, I mean, somebody who's from a traditional mainstream Christian uh, belief system would read something like that that would hit them quite hard <laughs> oh yeah so they, they of... have, they have, yeah yeah they, the people would tell me be like judge i couldn't even get past what i think it was a <laughs> chapter or something like yeah. the bible chapter i've had people <laughs> message me about the bible just say, josh i stopped reading after once i got to the bible chapter and then other people would say josh i got through the bible chapter i feel like i could handle the rest of it now you know so it's like it's a lot of different types of reactions from that book but it, it is a lot to swallow so it's like i've had people uh tell me it's changed their lives and i've had other people tell me it's made them um not not they don't know what to believe anymore you know so it's that's what happens <laughs> i mean in the book i've written i i did that i spent the f- uh first and second chapter just dealing with the bible because I, I think until you can get someone to think differently about the bible there's not much else you can move these people on um, right right because they base their belief on the bible and um, and i have this thing i've quoted in there. i'm not sure what the source of it is but it says that people uh, treat the bible like a software they just scroll to the bottom and click i agree and they just agree with everything. Um, exactly. So you have to first uh, get them to question their beliefs about the Bible before they'll question anything else. Right, right. It's kind of like there. It's a presupposition, right? So it's like if you don't tackle the foundation first, yeah. Uh, then you, then us trying to tackle these other secondary or peripheral issues, it's not going to do much. You got to go to the core of why they're believing what they're believing. Yeah. You know, and which is why. You know, I just met up with a, a mega church pastor's son recently. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is a huge church, man. And and so I met up with this one guy, the son of the pastor. And, uh, you know, very nice guy. Uh, but I felt like he was too confident with his beliefs, this mm-hmm. young kid, you know. And and I was telling him my journey that, you know, I felt like I knew everything too. And, and so he would just, all he would do was just quote all these Bible verses to me. I said, just put that aside for a moment. I would tell him, just put that aside for a moment. Just tell me what are your real thoughts though, you know, instead of just trying right. to quote from the Bible. Hmm. So he had a hard time with that, you know, and I was asking him like, well, if we would, if I could show you that, you know, 
that maybe inerrancy is not the best thing to start with, then it would probably be easier to accept some of my other ideas, right? He's like, yeah, but I can't do that. You know, and so that, that's the point of like, of course, once you once you kind of get to that core, uh, it's a lot easier to embrace other uh, different ideas. So that so that's where I agree with you. You know, it's so, like I mean, I find that the, the thing is, it's not that they are insincere or um, denying; they just don't know. Right, they don't. They, they, they don't hear these things on a Sunday uh, about the Bible critically. They just don't right. hear it. They don't just they just plain don't know. Yeah, they don't. The and, majority, and, and, I, yeah. and I get that. Yeah, and I get that. You know, because for me too, you know, I was taught the Bible was like this, the Bible was like that. You know, I wasn't reading Spong and Crossing and stuff, you know, yeah. in life. And, um, but that that's the thing. So, and of course, you know, I, I was sincere. I'm trying to be sincere now, you know, just like where I'm at. And of course, this guy was acknowledging, so yeah, Josh, I believe that you're sincere. And I'm like, but you probably believe think i'm sincerely wrong right he's like yeah <laughs> you know so he was a very confident young guy and um so i just told him you know i'm not i'm not here to argue and because we're all on a different place in our lives you know not to say that my journey is better than theirs but i just really see things differently now um the more honest i am and the more that i don't give a rip about what other people think and the less pressure on me because i'm not a pastor anymore you know or, or even back in the day right like I was telling this to someone two days ago, but I've met several pastors here, bro. Mm. Like some of them are even mega church pastors. They don't even like what they do. You know, these are <laughs> these are people who tell me I'll eat lunch with these guys yeah. who have big churches here, bro. Yeah, Josh, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, and then in my oh. mind, I'm like, well, what what the hell are you gonna do now? Because you don't have any money to do something else. So that <laughs> that's the struggle oh, wow. that a lot of people have here because some of them have inherited these churches from their parents and. You know, and and in the Philippines, it's like you know, at least the the perspective people have. It's not easy to make money here unless you have a business or you're in like TV. You right. know, you're every, that's everyone's trying to get on TV these days. You know, and uh, uh, but some of the churches here, when you're a mega church pastor, bro, you get paid pretty well, like in America. Right. You know, and so that it's hard to let go of that when that's that's your bread and butter. You know what I'm saying? When you got to yeah. take care of your family, and so it's it's tough. Um, but people are sincere enough to tell me that they don't like doing it. <laughs> no. But of course, they're not going to say it publicly because that's that's no. just not going to be good for them. So I, honestly, I feel for them because um, yeah. I know where it's at. So there's that pressure to conform and to hold on to the their statement of faith because if you don't, you know, you can lose your license or something like that, right? So yeah. there's a lot to lose, yeah. right? But I tell people the more honest you are, You'll you'll gain more in different ways, maybe not Absolutely. monetarily right away, but mm. you can make it, you know. And we've made it. I've made it. I could actually say, you know, we've left the institution, we've made it. You know, I've had to learn other skills, man. Sure. <laughs> you sure. know, but that's tough. It's like my whole life, bro. I studied theology. That's, you know, I'm not I'm not a tool guy. You know, I'm not. You know, I just studied yeah. theology and philosophy all my adult years, bro. So like leaving a lot of that stuff. Um, at least that that scene of being a pastor and stuff like I did think about like what am I gonna do now you know <laughs> right. to to provide for my wife and I you know or my future family and so was it tough yeah it was tough I'm not gonna deny that but we made it sure and you know we've been out of the institutions what since 2009 I think so it's been a couple of years yeah you know and um it's been tough but it's been a good journey
No, I understand that journey. Absolutely. I've been through those things myself and I've heard of a lot of people going through those things. And I, I often find people who, who distance themselves from traditional Christianity kind of wonder what to do next, what to think. You know, they don't even know how to think, you know, yeah. what to think. Um, and it's especially difficult for people who are in ministry. But you mentioned there about uh, hell. Um, yeah. That was one of the things that um, released me when I finally let go of the, the traditional belief in hell as a you know never-ending yeah. never place of torment. But yeah. um, the thing that um, really kept me uh, from letting go fully was the experience I'd had, the spiritual experience I'd had. Um, mm. That be, that was a, a longer process for me to be able to like digest and evaluate and analyze. Uh, what do, what what would you say about that? I mean, that's quite a you know the the Christian experience, the experience that Christians claim to have. It's quite a powerful experience, isn't it? Quite trans, mm-hmm. life transforming. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, how would you like? Um, you're not telling people to deny that experience. No, 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 no. I mean, what what experience are you talking about in particular? Like, I'm talking about the, you know, the born again experience, the awakening. Oh, the born the, again. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The the. Um... Sure, sure. Um. Oh no, for sure. I mean, because all we have are our experiences, you know. Sure. So everything that we do is based upon our experience. Even when we read the Bible, we read it through the grid of our experience, you know. Sure. So. So definitely people have experiences. It's just a matter of are there other ways to interpret your experiences, right? So, for example, you talk about the born-again experience. It's funny, but my whole life I've had many of those experiences. So did I get born again, again, and again, again, (laughs) again? Especially when, you know, back in the days I go to um, Harvest Crusade, which is like a big evangelistic crusade in California with Greg Laurie, you Mm -hmm. know. And every year we have to, like, rededicate our lives to down to the field and, and in front of everybody, make a public declaration. Oh, there would be times where I could be emotional and it could feel just like a yeah. born again experience. So I don't deny those things. I've had people tell me, Josh, how can you, you know, cr- criticize Christianity when I've been born again and had a genuine experience? I had yeah. a genuine experience too. Yeah. Um, but are there different ways to understand it? Even now, I, I, I have experiences now that I don't have the same paradigm as I had before, but I still have this sense of love. Uh, enveloping me even where it's it's a physical sensation in my body but i don't say the holy ghost is upon me i can because that's just the way my grid was back in the day you know but i don't use that kind of language anymore um and if they want to still stick with that language it's fine but like i said there there are different ways to interpret although we could have very similar experiences you know and but when you think about it so okay, so even if someone did become quote unquote born again, why do you have to have hell in the picture? Exactly. <laughs> you know, why can't you just have a born again, really nice experience where you feel loved and you feel something all, you know, nice in your heart? And but why do you have to require a, a eternal conscious torment after you die if you don't believe in a certain way? We yeah. believe those things because we were taught those things. Exactly. I know? think I, I think so, I think some of the, these experiences are just human experiences. Yeah, they're not exclusive to Christianity. They're just human experiences. Oh, definitely not. But the interpretation is Christian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Oh my gosh! Like uh, I was even talking about healing the other day. I just bought another healing book two days ago. That that was one of the things that even opened up my eyes a lot more because I don't know if you know much about what I used to do. I I used to do a lot of healing stuff back in the day from a very charismatic 
tradition and and but then as I became more open mm-hmm. and I started to read uh non non-christian books about healing mm-hmm. I was like oh snap they get they get the same results yeah you know exactly. but they're just using you know I would read books on uh healing healing touch quantum healing you know I just mm-hmm. even read Deepak Chopra's book a couple oh, weeks yeah. ago mm-hmm. uh there's uh, uh uh the the quantum touch and you know, so there's all these energy healing, qigong, et cetera, et cetera. So sure, sure. I've spoken to different people that do different types of modalities of healing. You know, Asian people here that, that, do, mm-hmm. that don't do Christian healing, mm-hmm. um, they, and they still feel the sensations on their body. Yeah. But they just don't say, Holy Spirit is upon you. Yeah. You know, so, so I get it. Yeah, it's not exclusive to, the, to Christianity um, but it's just the grid, whatever grid you have at that moment, right? Um, yeah. The world's a very big place where we're learning things. I was even, you know, I study stuff on like psychic abilities and, you know, mm-hmm. reading minds and, mm-hmm. and just, so I've been even studying stuff on consciousness, you know, and, and just like, well, how was that even possible? Right. So in my Christian tradition back in the day, I would say, oh, that's prophetic or words of knowledge, you know, but when mm-hmm. I study these other guys that are into like science and different types of experimentation that people do, mm-hmm. uh, and even these quantum physicists that would do these experimentations and stuff, there are these people who would say, oh, this is just the way the universe, we're learning these things about human consciousness, you right. know, where they're not talking about words of knowledge or, you know, but there's this interconnectedness that we have as humanity. Yeah. of people that are on this planet you know so i'm more along the lines of that kind of language these days right you know where i don't need to say i have a word from the lord you know yeah. I, I could see the interconnectedness that we have amongst each other you know where you could sense things about other people Absolutely. but i would i would attribute that more to just saying you know there's just this connectedness that we have you know where yeah. some of us are able to tap into that more than others at times yeah you know so yeah definitely it's like it's not exclusive to a particular religion yeah. yeah, so the, probably the mistake of Christianity is to try to own these experiences <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. label them and, you know. Uh, yeah. So basically I'm gathering from talking to you that you're more interested in teaching people how to think than what to think. Yeah, I mean, because that's, because sometimes I don't even know what to think. <laughs> just, just to be honest, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, just to be straight up, like I, I'm at a place where I'm not as sure. I, I, I have... You know, some some ideas where I'm like more, you know, 60, 40, you know, uh, on certain ideas. But but, uh, you know, for the most part, I would have to claim I'm agnostic on certain ideas. And I and I and I think, to be honest, people should be more agnostic about certain things, because it's like when I meet so many Christians are like, well, you know, Christianity teaches this. I'm like, well, well, what's your version of Christianity are you talking about? There's 30, 40,000 plus denominate. So we make these very blanket statements, these broad statements that were very dogmatic, right? Are there people who talk about Orthodox Christianity and they've never even studied church history, right? Yeah, exactly. Or they're just quoting like Rick Warren or something or John Piper <laughs> yeah. or Mark Driscoll. And it's like they think that these guys are the, that they know everything and they <laughs> yeah. don't. You know, you can respect some of the stuff that they say, you know, no doubt, but, um, you know, learn your history. I would tell people, learn your history, you know, and, and, I, and I'm guilty of that because when I was studying apologetics, I use a lot of that language where, like, this is not orthodoxy, you know, uh, this is outside the bounds of, of, you know, Christian orthodoxy. And I, back then I didn't study church fathers, you know, the primary sources. Yeah. You know, I was just quoting, you know, uh, William Lane Craig or Ravi Zacharias or something like that, yeah. you know, so, so I'm guilty of that. And, but I, when I have conversations with people, 
um, they get a little bit uncomfortable because I just ask them a lot of questions, you know, and I, I don't even need to know what they believe. I would just say, well, why do you believe that? And then how do you know that's true? And then right. if it were true, uh, what, what are the implications of that? Does it even matter? You yeah. know, and so that's what I get into the most is like I met up with the pastor the other day and I just, you know, he's still trying to figure out what I believe because that's what a lot of people are trying to find out when they <laughs> right. get up with me one on one. Josh, what yeah. do you believe, man? You yeah. know, like you just ask me all these questions. Yeah. I'm like, who cares <laughs> what I believe? What, what do you, do you know, worry about yourself? But I would tell them, OK, you're, you're teaching all these things. Uh, does it really matter? And if it matters then keep teaching it, you know, keep believing it, you know, but a lot of these times you can't really teach, you can't tell a person what to believe, you know, people just believe things because you just end up believing, I can't tell someone two plus two is five, James, just believe it, you know, it's like you just two plus two is five, no, it's like I told, I told someone the other day, you know, like why, if, if, if there is a God who loves me, right? Why would he judge me for something, for not believing in something that just does not make sense to me anymore? Yeah. You know, and it used to make sense to me, but just some things that just don't make sense to me. So yeah. what can I do? I, I can't fake it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that that's the thing where like um, I don't believe a lot of the things that I used to believe that I was very confident about back in the day. Yeah. And um, I've just... I've studied things that just gave me a different perspective, but it's not even just based upon my studies. A lot of it's just, it is my experience in life where a lot of it just seems very irrelevant to me. Sure. You know, I, I wake up in the morning. I don't think about predestination. You know, I don't <laughs> think about, I don't think about universalism as a lot of people think that I, you know, people think I'm a universalist. I don't even think like that. I don't, I don't think about sin, you know, cause I don't even use that word in my language these sure. days either, you know? I just think about my life. I think about waking up and enjoying my day. I think about loving my wife and my family. I think about following my dreams here. I think about writing books and yeah. podcasting. And, and to other people, that might seem selfish. You know, they're like, What about God and saving souls? Well, this is my life, and this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I, I meet up with people almost every day, but it's just not <laughs> with the evangelistic uh, motivation anymore. The yeah. way I used to, I, I just meet up with people because I enjoy their company. I like watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like, I like, I like loving life. Exactly. You know? no. I mean, a person can't believe what they don't believe. Exactly. <laughs> you can pretend to, you can claim to, you can say it because someone's told you. Um, and I think sometimes I, I, I read a quote. I can't remember who says it now. And uh, they said, if you speak too fast, you might say something you don't thought of yet. So people sometimes <laughs> right. speak really fast. They haven't really right, thought right, about right. what they're saying. Right, they never right, stopped right. for a second just to think about right. what they're actually saying and the, right. take it to its logical end and its conclusion. Right. Um, and it, imagine like a God uh, damning you for all eternity because you're not believing something that you don't believe. I mean, that's just a horrible idea, right? Like who would want to believe in a God like that? Well, I had someone to – my wife was sitting with somebody today in a coffee shop. I said to yeah. her, uh, to ask this person um, because they think that you know I'm going to hell and uh, right. she's going to hell and I said ask them what if they believing what they do ended up in hell and I ended up in heaven what would they say to God they said they said they will say to God that's not fair and uh-huh. I said well that's exactly what I would say they <laughs> you put it across that God will send me right. to hell just because I don't believe what I just don't believe, you know. Right, right, right. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, for, for not pretending to believe it, you're sending me to hell for not pretending to believe it. Exactly. Yeah, and they're asking you to be insincere about something, disingenuous, you know. So I mean, what, what I mean, what kind of view is that? I mean, that that's one of the things of what I'm really thankful for at this place in my life, as we were talking about earlier, about like there's no more we're in, you're out. You know, we're saved, you're not saved. It's just uh, life. The world looks so much better when you just remove these these walls of separation and you know exclusivity. Yeah. Right. And um, that that's the thing. It's like if, if, if we just inform people and, and just allow people to see like, man, there's really good people out there that are, they don't even have this share the same faith as you. In fact, some of them are probably even nicer than some of your Christian friends, <laughs> yeah. you know, but not to say that, you know, one religion is better than the other, sure. you know, because there are some people who are from other religions that are not as I said, but people are people. Yeah. Right. And then we're all on this journey together. But yeah, we've we met a lot of non not you know, Christians that are not so nice. <laughs> yeah. That's my circle. That was yeah, yeah. my circle back in the day. So now it's a pretty mixed group. So I suppose the greatest thing for me is um, being able to give myself to my family. You know, I, oh, yeah. I'm not taken up with so many things and uh, yeah, my focus can be there. But well, it's really, really nice talking to you. And um, oh, yeah. Thank you, man. This is a this is a privilege for me to be on your show. So. The, the whole thing, even just discussing this with you and about the journeys and thinking about it it's the whole thing is an is like an adventure really mm. yeah and how carlton pearson says it he says something quite i like he says that he's wondering and wondering mm. so one says we're just wondering about things and another thing we're just yeah. wondering about here there and everywhere searching <laughs> and looking experiencing different things so it's quite an adventure yeah. it's really oh, great sure. talking to you yeah Oh, great talking to you, James. It's, it's a privilege, man. And, and keep up the great work that you're doing, man. This is this is good stuff. This is good stuff. It's nothing compared to what you're doing. Oh no, man. No, I appreciate. I appreciate. You know, I've, I've I've seen a little bit of your journey. You know, throughout the years, I'm like, whoa. I think this guy's kind of on the same journey as I am. So that made me happy. <laughs> are you? Then, are you? you know, yeah, Cameron. Oh no, I'm just saying that that made me happy just to see that you're on a similar journey and questioning things and because i think you were like you know preaching and all that stuff back in the day too and then i just noticed there was a big shift in you i'm like what happened <laughs> you know so i i didn't know exactly what happened but i had an idea just based upon some of your posts that i would see on your wall and be like whoa okay he's he's questioning something so um i, I always applaud people who are are questioning and, and you do it in a way that is uh it's tasteful you know like even just talking to you now you don't you don't sound like those angry, angry people, you know, or uh, just mocking, sure. you know, people of other faiths. But you're, but you've been there, so you have an understanding of where people are at. And um, just hearing you talk to me, yeah. um, I just appreciate your understanding of my journey and um, supporting me as well. So, are you still traveling, or do you still plan to travel? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure, yeah. man. Um, I can't get that bug out of me. I'm still, <laughs> I still love to, I, I love to speak. You know, I, I still yeah. love to be a speaker. And, but we didn't identify us, ourselves as missionaries this time, right? right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that, that's the thing. It's like back in the day, as a missionary in the Philippines, you know, we had to do newsletters, and you know, it's like we have to raise support, and that, that was that was challenging, especially yeah. with my my progressive thinking at that time, and. 
Um, but now, you know, we've, we've learned to support ourselves and, you know, I've written two books and, and now we're just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to even be speaking at business seminars, you know, go figure, you know, wow. so like uh, I never saw myself speaking and stuff like that I'm about entrepreneurship. And wow. um, so these are not even like Christian settings at all. And so sure. um, that's something that I, I look forward to. But at the same time, I still have that in me of I like still speaking to religious communities like I'm going to be speaking at a seminary here too one of the main seminaries here in Manila mm-hmm. um, to just uh, encourage the students and uh, the faculty to um, progress in their theology mm-hmm. you know so they're kind of known as from what I heard they're kind of known as a liberal uh, school here so they're a little bit more open but like I, I love encouraging people to progress in their thinking as as people of faith mm-hmm. you know um, but i also plan on speaking at universities uh, you know engaging with atheists and agnostics and and so that that's something that i'm still doing and you know doing a book tour and book signing and all that stuff so it's so fun man where can people hear your podcasts obviously you're on your youtube what's your website yeah, so my website is just my name. It's joshuatongol.com, T-O-N-G-O-L. Uh, and then my YouTube, just type in my name, and we have a whole bunch of videos there that's going to be a mix of uh, right. a lot of uh, you know motivational stuff, self-help. You know, A lot of the religious people don't like my self-help stuff. They say, why are you moving away from Christ or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I say, let me talk about whatever I want to talk about. It's my channel, you know. So I talk about everything. I talk about following your dreams. I talk about money. I talk about relationships. I talk about uh, religion. Um, What's the um, second book that you've written? What's that about? Oh, yeah. That's why it's so different from my first one. Yeah. My my first was more of the serious side. So my second one's called The Secret to Awesomeness. And so it's more of a a self-help book. Uh, like my first one, it took the big topics of Christianity, and my second one, it's the, it's the big topics about life. You know, so uh, the big topics about life are like you know, uh, creating your reality, loving yourself, because um, yeah. that's a big thing. You know, healing, following your wow. dreams. Um, so just every things that everybody, I'm pretty sure, think about. Yeah, and it's been doing really well. Got good endorsements. Uh, from people and just been helping a lot of people because that's something that I still think about, you know, loving myself every day. Right. You know, healing, healing. People get sick, you know, and um, money. A lot of pastors I know struggle with money. So, you know, why not read it? <laughs> you know, and so. Um, Sounds like that, a really, really good book. Oh, thank you. I hope you enjoy it one day. <laughs> I think I will. Yeah, it's, it. it's more of a happy book, you know, it's, it's more lighthearted than my first one. But at the same time, I do feel like. Even though it has like a fun, fun title, you know, "Secret to Awesome," is I do deal with serious topics in there. I mean, that that is a big thing, you know. I mean, we could talk about all these doctrines about the Bible and the cross, but if if you don't love yourself, or if you're struggling with sickness and you don't have money in your wallet, that's a big deal too. Yeah, you know. So that that's the reason why I wrote the second book. No, I mean, at the end of the day, people just want to be happy. That's that's what everybody wants. So don't care who you Uh, are. No, they don't, James. They want to be holy. It's not about happy. Kind of <laughs> That's what I was taught though back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to be happy, man. And I'm I'm still young, and um, I don't have any regrets. You know, being in the church and pastoring, I learned a lot. You know, I met a lot of wonderful people, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just at a different place, and I'm happy with that. You know, so um, it's all good. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent talking to you. So we must do this again. 
Oh, yeah, for sure, man. And I, I like your voice, dude. I didn't know you were from the UK. <laughs> That's kind of cool. So, yeah, I, let me know when you want to do this again. I, I'd be glad to. And say hi to your wife. And and I admire you, bro, and the courage that you have to um, just step out and writing your books and doing these things. Man, it's like uh, it takes a lot of courage. So I applaud you, James. It's really good stuff. No, it's good um, following what you're doing because um, sometimes you can feel alone. Oh, for sure. when, you know, I, I dropped all, all my friends and, well, I, I, they dropped me, you know, all, <laughs> everything I knew for two decades, all gone, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. I feel you on that, man. I, for sure. I mean, that's, that's actually one of the reasons why uh, we moved back to the Philippines. I don't know if you're aware of that. So we lost um, a lot of our friends. And that was something that really caught me off guard when I went back to America. I had no idea that they were watching my videos while I was in the Philippines. I had no idea. I really thought they had better things to do because they were busy as pastors too. Mm-hmm. And so um, when when I got back to America, they literally just dropped, like a lot of them just dropped me and just like, oh, they, they don't even want to eat with me. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. wow. They wouldn't even pick up the phone or respond to my text messages. And, and then I would hear through other people saying, oh, they're staying away from me because of your teachings online. And so oh, I didn't even know that. And so these were even some of my closest friends, like closest, closest friends that I was even roommates with for my years in school and dorm mates. And um, I, I, I expected more from them, to be honest. I thought sure. that they would at least sit down with me first and then make their decision to stay away. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, but then some of them, they wouldn't even meet up. I was like, whoa. So, you know, instead of having a pity party, I just... Uh, it was it was lonely at times, to be honest, and so it could be painful because these are my friends, you know. Um, the other people who talk crap or whatever, I don't care, dude. It's like I don't even know who they are. <laughs> I, but the ones who are close to me, that that was kind of painful, to be honest. And um, I really expected my wife to get to know these people, but not everybody stayed away. Uh, but a lot of them did, and there are a few people who stuck by me that I cherish to this day, and we agree to disagree, which is still cool. You know, because it's our friendships more about more than just doctrine. Yeah. And so that's where I see, you know, and I cherish the ones who are still with us and we're able to make new friends and, uh, you know, meeting people like you. Because I, I, if I if I met you a couple of years ago with your views now, I'd probably warn people about you, too. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say that this guy is a new age or a heretic or he's associated with Carlton Pearson, man, you know, or something like that. It's like uh, so much has changed. So. I've learned to be more understanding. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I get that all the time. I get called all kinds of names. I said to someone the other day, they just gave me a whole lecture about oh. what a heretic and devil I am. I said, next time I speak at an event, you need to introduce me. You know, I'd love to see the way they introduce me. <laughs> you know? I mean, By the it was, way, yeah. That, it was, it was really aggressive the way they thought spoke about me. Yeah, and it's 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 unfortunate, you know, and... um and I see where they're coming from, but I I just don't agree with it, you know. And uh, but they're they're trying to do their best, right, to follow their principles yep. and and warn people of the dangers and stuff. So, like I said, I get it, but I just don't agree, <laughs> you know. So um, I, I'm glad you're able to you know move on and and not take those things personally, definitely, because uh, you can't, you can't, you know. I mean, you you get into this world of questioning. And encouraging people to question, oh, people are, will demonize you and yeah. you know threaten you. And you know, I, I have messages from people telling me I'm going to go to hell or I'm lost, and you know, um, a lot of stuff that they're just as if they know me. Yeah, you know, uh, and I'm just like they don't know me. No, 
it's really trivial stuff and it just has no effect on me and i know it doesn't have any yeah. effect on you none whatsoever no 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 whatsoever it's a I, you know honestly bro i don't know how that happened but people ask me like well, how does it not affect you is it i don't know but like <laughs> i read stuff i just laugh and i i i guess i know in a sense that because i could understand where they're coming from and i guess that's why it doesn't get me too it doesn't get me mad you know because i i get it why they say it because i was just i was like them to some degree you know warning people but sure um, I guess that's why I, I I don't take it personal, you know. Um, I I just they don't know me. That's that's another reason why. <laughs> yeah, great talking to you, Joshua. Let's do this again sometime.